Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. Hockey, yeah. yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. And welcome into Judd's Hockey Show with Declan Goff. Um, we ordinarily would have taped this, recorded this on Tuesdays. It ordinarily would have run at 7 p.m. on Score North on 1500. And in ordinary times, we'd be talking about a hockey season in progress. And who knows? We might be talking about the Wild being in a playoff spot. But as everybody knows, Declan, these days, nothing is ordinary with the coronavirus outbreak. Every sports league known to man basically, I think, shut down at this point. And so we uh, come to you recording this on Wednesday afternoon with way more questions than we have answers. We don't really have much analysis at this point because, obviously, with the uh, National Hockey League among the league shutdown, there's not much to analyze at this point. But I think where we should start, Declan, is where things might be going as far as, I don't want to say when this thing is done because I have no clue on that, but as far as our guess for what this might mean and what might become of the 2019-20 National Hockey League season. That sound fair to you? Yes, that sounds fair as I turn my mic on here. All right, no problem at all. We're in the, we're in the by You're the way, just, get, just, to get, just to give it an update here, we're in the fancy studio down the hall that I usually don't use, so this is a this is a treat for me. We all, yeah, I mean, this is a gorgeous room. Um, all right, so let's start with this one, and we'll get to what Deputy Commissioner uh, Bill Daly told The Athletic today in a podcast and a story that they have posted uh, because Pierre Lebrun did a podcast with uh, Bill Daly. But let's start with what we saw, the news that came out on, I believe it was Tuesday, regarding ideas floated by, it sounds like, a group of players. And, and keep in mind here, the context for this is in 2004-05, when the National Hockey League lost an entire season to a lockout, one of the key things coming back out of that lockout was a proposed amount of rules called, I believe, the Shanahan rules. And Shanahan was then a player. Uh, he, he's now, obviously, Brendan Shanahan, now in charge of the Toronto Maple Leafs. But they employed a lot of ideas that the players gave them to open up the game again and make the game more fun. And so this is an idea. I'm not saying th- these are going to be adopted, but these are ideas that have been sort of cobbled together by players for how things might go in their mind when hockey and sports does resume as we know them. All right? Okay, I'm ready. All right, so what we have here is a proposal that would have training camps reopening or starting for, and keep in mind, this is all in context to the 2019-20 season, Declan, training camps opening in early July, the 2019-20 season being picked up in some way, shape, or form, and finishing in late July, the playoffs taking all of August and September, 
the draft and free agency periods ordinarily that we see, well, the draft's in June, right after the Stanley Cup finals are done, and then free agency ordinarily starts on July 1st, would run in October. So there'd be no hockey when hockey's ordinarily starting in October. And then the 2021 season would begin in November. What are your thoughts about trying to crunch that much in uh, to get a champion for 2019-20 decks and then start back up for uh, 2021, which would, I guess, be a shortened season unless you went long again in November? I don't like it. That's my easiest answer is I don't like it. I don't want to sacrifice next season for the sanity of getting a championship for this season, Um, especially if that means delaying next year because you just want to get a Stanley Cup champion for this season. I personally think the conversation is if you're going to come back, which I'll be honest, Judd, I don't think it's happening. I think it's a slim to none chance that at the 2019-20 Stanley Cup champ, uh, there there won't be a Stanley Cup champion in 2019-20. But if you're going to do it, you have to accelerate your postseason. And doing all this noise, and we're at the mercy of this fluid situation, so it's hard to predict what the next steps can be. Um, even in our reckless speculation and, and our fun ideas that we love to throw out there here and there, I just don't like the idea of also shortening next season for the sanity of getting in this season. That's basically where I'm at with it. I agree completely, and I think at some point, too, and I know when it comes to basketball and hockey fans, there's sort of an appetite here for, well, let's try something to get a champion, and it might be fun and have a tournament and have single elimination. I don't know how that looks, but I think if you're a commissioner, And our guy Betts ain't the greatest. I'm not trying to say that he's going to be um, the great guiding force here. But I think if you are a professional sports league, there's something about the um, sanctity of your schedule. And there's something about a continuous champion. We are are looking at this proposal with having shut down in March, Dex, and starting back up in July for a champion in the same season. Right. That seems to me to be amateur hour. I agree. And, I agree. With you. And yeah, so there is you start a season and yes, at times there are interruptions. I get that. But you start a season with the goal of it being a continuous champion. So you're really telling me that you're going to bring everybody back in July and be like, "Okay, boys, let's go back to training camp and now we pick up the 2019-20 campaign." I'm with you. I think it's I think at some point, I mean, this whole thing, look, there's a lot more at stake here than sports. I mean, sports is a, we love sports, but it's a very small piece of this pie, and ultimately it's meaningless. But I think with what people are going through now, and I think with where things are, leagues don't have the capability right now, or they shouldn't. They shouldn't be concerned about, well, can we force this thing back in June or July? We have no control here, Declan. This thing is going to run its course, or it's going to run as long as it runs. Can't control that. So, and I brought this up when I was at spring training with um, with Phil and Rami a week ago as well. This is one really weird instance where billionaires, millionaires, and this is true of sports, it's true of business, have lost complete control. There's nothing they can do to dictate, well, we're going to start on July 1st and it's going to be fine. So I really think that there is a compelling case to say, Let's get this all straightened out. Let's make sure as many people can be as healthy as possible. And let's accept the fact that the next time that we come back, as far as basketball or hockey goes, it's for the coming season. It stinks. I get it. I get that there are probably cases to be made of fun little tournaments that you could try out. I don't think this is the right time. I agree, man. This is unfortunate. Um, If I 
let's let's call let's let's do this. Let's say hockey does come back on July first. Okay, I think you just essentially accelerate Western Conference, Eastern Conference final champion. They do a seven game series. It's just two teams getting ready. You have twenty nine other teams essentially still sitting at home getting ready for training camp. If that's what you want to do, that's I think the only way to do it. These play-in tournaments, and and we've threw out some fun ideas. Maybe you take the top four. Maybe you do a uh, play-in tournament for the wild card teams. No, at this point, at each passing day, I think if you're gonna do this, you just take your Western Conference team, so the Blues, Eastern Conference team off the top. Man, I, I believe is the Capitals. If, if, if without I without having the standings right. up up top, so you just do Blues Capitals. And they do a seven-game series. You started on July 4th. I yeah. still think it'd be really fun to see hockey on July 4th. That's kind of why I, I, I still maybe would want to do it. Right. But there is no point to doing a accelerated playoff hunt, uh, a top-four-type tournament. If you're going to do it, just go right into the Stanley Cup. And to me, that's a joke, so I wouldn't do that. Because I, I would just say, you, your whole goal here, the playoffs, the goal of the playoffs, at least as we know them now in hockey, is this arduous, months-long trek to a Stanley Cup to hold the chalice up, mm-hmm. right? And so if we're going to say, well, we're going to put these teams against each other, and it's going to be great fun now, just don't do it. And the the other thing, too, is can you really bring these guys back and put them in the intensity of a playoffs? And there would be, make no mistake, there would have to be a ramp-up time period, and then give them like a month off and be like, well, and now come back and play. And I understand they're off now. But my guess is... If you have a family, well, heck, forget that. That, too. But if you are a human being now, it's not like this is a picnic. It's not like if you're a hockey player, you've checked. I, I would hope you've checked out and gone to Mazelon right now, right? And you're probably not on a beach thinking, man, life's great now, and I can't wait to play again. you got a lot of concerns. This is a stressful time. So I don't think it's fair. Basketball, too. I don't think it's fair to make these guys play and then say, okay, now here's three weeks to a month off and here's training camp Mm -hmm. or here's your season. This is a very stressful, draining time for every human being that I don't think it's fair then to be like, well, you were off for three months. Didn't you enjoy it? This ain't enjoyable. I know. So I just, I don't see any really, really good, compelling case. You know, it was different the lockout year of 2004-05. They talked about all these goofy ideas because they they came close to that settlement. And you know what? I thought it was a joke, but at least at that point. It was necessary, you, though. And you're causing your own problems. Yeah. Well, and eventually they, they said, no, we're done. But they were causing their own problems, both sides. This is something nobody created. You know, this is not the owner's fault. It's not the player's fault. And so to uh, f- follow up on the podcast that Bill Daly did with the folks from The Athletic today. Um, and again, we are recording this on Wednesday. National Hockey League Deputy Commissioner Bill Dole, Bill Daly, excuse me, told the Athletic, "The only uh, the only definite for us is we certainly don't want to do anything around a resumption of play this season that will impact our ability to have a full season next year." Daly said, "So that's kind of the outside parameters and rules we're following currently. Everything else is kind of up for grabs, for lack of a better term. There are lots of possibilities. We do have people working internally on those scenarios." And what they look like, and what the feasibility of those scenarios is, uh, blah blah blah. He, he goes on, but that sounds very much to me, at least, like the big wigs at the National Hockey League have turned their definite attention to 2020-21. And if that's what they're doing for a rare time, Declan Goff, 
I applaud them. Yeah. You're not in a position right now to rush into anything. No matter how much you or I or any fan out there wants hockey back, we, we're at the mercy of a situation that is unpredictable and unprecedented at this point in our lifetime. Um, would, would we love sports to be back so we could be consumed by sports seven days a week, Judd, in arenas three to four nights a week and, and doing all the fun stuff that we typically do? Of course we do. We want that back just as much as a fan wants to be able to sit at home, crack a beverage, and watch their team play. That's where we're at. But we, we have to take the good precautions here. And let's be honest, too. We, we, we've discussed this before. If there's any sport that's going to pass a disgusting virus around, hockey might be the number one. Oh, it's disgusting. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a scientific fact that they are the smelliest athletes in the world. They had Sports a mumps outbreak. That. Yeah. It mumps. Nobody, you know, plural the mumps outbreak breaks. Yes. I mean, they've had outbreaks of the mumps. It's happened multiple seasons before the mumps. I know. And and you want to possibly risk that with with coronavirus, which is something that is so something that none of us really understand right now, and, and we're still trying to get a grasp of it. So, yeah, it, it stinks. I, I, I want my hockey back, too. And, and the last podcast we did, I said, I think the Wild, funny enough, have the most to lose. And as one of the, of the teams in the NHL, they have the most to lose in this situation just because, yeah, their season was starting to, to catapult upwards, and it looked like they are going to be a playoff team, and Kevin Fiala was phenomenal, and you have Kaprizov coming over, and what are you going to do with this trade and this offseason to try and get a top-six center? And now all of that is on pause. Mm-hmm. All of that is just on a, on a straight pause button. And even with Bill Guerin, who sat down with Michael Russo, I know of The Athletic, and tried his best to to talk about this situation, and it wasn't a knock on Russo, and it, it, Guerin's at the mercy just like we are. We don't we don't know what the next steps are, and we have to just be patient and wait, and that's, and Cap, that, that's and where we're at. Is, is Kaprasov now going to stay home because of this for a longer period of time? <laughs> I know. Because it's not like you're dying to be uh, um, chomping at the bit to be jet-setting right now and flying from Russia to the States. There's a lot of questions here. Now, we should mention, too, there's a financial component here as well. And certainly, as it comes to leagues making decisions on canceling or not, the financial component eventually here is going to become huge, Declan. Uh, Brian Burke, who's from Edina, longtime National Hockey League executive, who's now, I think he's an analyst on TSN or Sportsnet. I It might be Sportsnet. Um, he brought up the fact, and this is a good one, that at some point in time, too, the expense of having ice in arenas and putting that ice back in in the summer and the cost of keeping that ice, which has to be good. It can't be like, oh, it's a little slushy today. Too bad, Johnny. Um, that there are going to be financial hurdles, potentially, that hockey has to consider and will face that probably wouldn't apply to basketball. And and if you're going to have, you know, if the Wild was put into a playoff tournament in July here, for instance, and now, and let's say fans are back. So let's say it's it's let's say they're in a playoff tournament, one game playoff. It's packed. It's July fifth. It's ninety degrees outside. The thought process on how to keep that ice good has to be very di- different from it would be if this were January fifth. So the point being, the point being is this is not just simply a conversation of pie in the sky. This would be fun. It's also a conversation of finances. How much can I make off of this to make that w- worthwhile? And right now, these guys are taking a, a financial bath, obviously, because this is the one sport, probably more than any other, that relies on butts in seats. Every sport likes it, but football, basketball, and baseball have TV contracts that are better than the hockey TV contract. And so that being said, too, you're going to have to make decisions based on fiscal responsibility of, okay, we could do this on July 16th, 
is it the smart thing to do, not only from a perspective of health for players and fans and coaches, but also from a perspective of the finances of it? Yeah, and I think people don't understand that getting your ice ready for that, and that's a topic in its own right. I have a friend who's a Zamboni driver and does does it at Breck all the time, and and it's a full-time job for him. And that's a high school arena, Judd. I mean, now, granted, Breck is, is an established program for boys and girls hockey, and I know the girls has won multiple state championships in this decade, and the boys' team's been very very relevant, too. But that's a full-time gig, and I, I do know that the ice has been removed at the XL Energy Center. That's that's in the process of happening right now, and, and there's multiple reasons for that. It's not just because the, the, the secret is, oh, well, hockey's done. There's a lot of reasons for it. They know that hockey will not be played at least, at least in the next eight weeks. So you may as well get rid of it and not maintain it, and and get your arena ready. It, 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 summer's coming, yes. Uh, you know, hopefully here in Minnesota, we love to think it is. So th- there's a lot of ramifications that go in with this coronavirus that I, I think is such a crazy ripple effect. And I, I laid out what, what has to happen with the Wild and and how that relates to Kaprizov and the future of their team, but also in arena and these poor workers too who uh, have their jobs taken away because of it. And I know oh, the Wild. Absolutely. Have luckily uh, stepped Wild in. Wild Wolves and Twins all stepped up. All, all stepped up and 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 are paying those workers, and rightfully so. We we interact with them every game, and they are some of the best staff around. You know, we go to we go to U.S. Bank, we go to Target Field. Um, I don't really go to Target Center, but I've been to Gopher Stadiums too, and I can probably say the Wild staff is the best in town. I really do. I, I mean that. I think they're the best in town, and and they really care and go above and beyond to make sure media junkies like you and I are taken care of. And and that's a tough spot for all those ushers and people to be in. So I know you want hockey back. I know you want your wild back. You want to see Kevin Fiala look like Wayne Gretzky out there. So, so do I. But at this point in life and in, in the world, we just got to wait. I think people are smart too, though. I, this is scary enough where I'm not saying everybody's smart, but I think people get it. I think sports fans get it. I think that there is a – the one thing is that – as we've talked about, you can't predict when the, when this is going to end. You can't predict when fans are going to be allowed back in arenas and or stadiums. Let's go through a few questions here regarding the Wild, though. And I'll start as far as things now that are completely unknowns. So things that, that we thought could be controlled up until a week and a half ago and now can't be controlled and become question marks. And I'll start with this one. And this is too bad. We've talked about this guy a thousand times. We've been tough on him before. I think as far as a hockey player goes, it's fine. But just as far as when you combine the player element with the fact of, or when you combine it, I should say, with the human element, and I'm going to give you this one. Miko Koivu, very well has played his last game as a member of this team, unless they decide to bring him back. And if things go back to ordinary in 2021 and you are going to actually have a season, uh, I think there's a very good chance that you have to go elsewhere um, they're certainly going to be looking for more help at the center position. Go down that road, that's fine. But Koivu now goes from being at least you could have gotten to the end of this year and playoffs or not, could have played out the string. He was playing fourth line. He's playing fine. He's playing okay for that role, I thought, Declan. But that now becomes a big question mark. Is this guy who spent his entire career here, who clearly could have been traded at the deadline because at that time we thought he could go help a team, and said, no, I don't want to be traded because he had a no-move clause. Is Miko Koivu done as a member of the Wild? And if so, did it end, you know, in a game in March? What what was the last game I watched down in Florida before the uh, Sunday night game? Oh, against the Ducks. Did it end in a game in March 
in Anaheim, California against the Ducks? That's a question a week and a half ago I never thought I would really have to ask, and now you definitely have to ask it. It's a tough one. Um, I, I think Miko was on track to play his final season here in Minnesota, and and it's just like high school seniors. Unfortunately, you know they're at the mercy of this, and they don't get a say yep. in, in in their future. Um, with Miko. I can see a scenario where he would want to come back for one more hoorah, just like a Joe Thornton would. I, I know there's other veterans around the league who are in the same boat as Miko. My gut is telling me that he will want to come back, but I, I kind of, I kind of hope it's it. You know, I, I don't want to delay any more the future of this franchise just because your captain wants to come back and and get one last hoorah. I, I think Miko, unfortunately, just like Dean Evison a little bit, and I know we'll probably get into him here, but. This virus is probably going to halt his future here in Minnesota. And for Miko, I, I think his time is done. I, I, I think his time is done here in, in, with the Wild. Maybe he still goes and plays somewhere else. you think Leopold steps in now or tries to because of, of the fact that this end would be so abrupt? Because at least before, when we thought that the season would either end with no playoff berth or perhaps a first-round playoff exit, you know that would have been a very much controlled departure step in like how as in he but he's he's a like he tells Garen. bill garen i think you should sign oh, him again god um i hope not but i'm just <laughs> but but that's the point about this entire thing there's so many things we don't know uh-huh. and certainly declan i think that human emotions are going to be swayed here in ways that we couldn't have considered not that long ago right i would i would like to think leopold stays out of this i think he'll stay out of this he's stayed out of a lot of decisions here since garen has basically taken the job um, in in August of last year, so I, I would say Miko is done, and 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 Leopold would have little to do with that. Say, so I think it would be all on Miko. All right, the guy that I think has no chance now. You just said, if Dean Evison had taken this team to the playoffs and won a round, which by the way, huge long shot. So I'm not trying to say he would have. I'm not. But if he had taken this team to the playoffs and they were playing pretty well and he had won a round, I I think that Bill Guerin would have had a difficult decision to make. At least he would have had to sit down and think, well, I got my buddy Doug Wade, who I really like, but Dean did a good job. Uh, Dean is not Bill Guerin's guy. He was Paul Fenton's guy. He had obviously coached the Milwaukee AHL team. Fenton then put him on Boudreaux's staff. Uh, but, you know, there could have been a case to continue to be made deep into the spring if the Wild could have had success. They They are not going to get that chance now. I think if Dean Everson, Declan Goff, had a chance to remain as coach, that is probably gone now. Yeah, I think it's gone. That's another guy, too, that's kind of unfortunate because I thought Everson, if he was if he was able to guide the team to a first-round victory and, and put them in the top four of the NHL playoff field, then yes, I think it'd be Everson. I, I, Garen would still do his search, rightfully so. You should still go do your search and do your due diligence, but... Um, I think Evison and Miko are in the same boat, and, and they have their careers and, and time in Minnesota here robbed because of the virus. And I, I think Evison, unfortunately, has been a great soldier. Um, and he, he could get a, a job elsewhere voice. now, too. Yeah. This could have been a good aud- audition for in a league where they change coaches constantly. This could be a good audition elsewhere. Does he also want to stay on staff? You know, does he want it? it I know that's, a, that's kind of an awkward situation. I don't think so. I think the new coach will probably bring in his, his, own his guys. guys because it was it was Paul Fenton who I believe put Dean on Boudreaux's staff. Yep. So if um, Bill Guerin hires Doug Waite, my guess is that Doug he's going to tell Dougie Waite, it's time to get your guys. Exactly. Or bring your guys in. Right. And I would not bring in the guy that was the interim coach before me. Okay. Probably not. That's probably where he's at. Um, do you think, question, 
Do you think this benefits more as far as as which one gets traded? And you did a pretty deep dive on this uh, podcast or two ago. Do you think that when we do return to making moves, this benefits uh, Brodeen staying with the Wild more or Dumba? So if this thing had been allowed to play itself out, who knows? Matt Dumba might have got to the playoffs and played well. We don't know. But when you end the season on a Sunday night in Anaheim, potentially, which of those defensemen, and we do think one's going to be traded, when you can trade again, which of those defensemen do you think's moved now? I still think it's uh, I think it's Brodeen. I think Brodeen gets moved because he's going to want a significant payday, and he is a more reliable, steadier defenseman than Matt Dumba is. I mean, that's that's the fact. Dumba has a ceiling that he has touched a few times, but has never been able to break through it consistently enough. And because you know what you're paying for Matt Dumba for the next three seasons, his contract's locked in. You know, it's it's not going anywhere, and and we know what the terms are. Brodeen um, is probably going to ask for, I would assume the same as Dumba, at least the floor of it. I think he'll ask for six mil and he deserves six mil. Um, So the wild, you know, I I would love to say, I love that if they were still playing right now, we can go down all those trades, but I still think that Brodeen is the one who gets moved because they know what they're paying Dumba and you don't know what the raise could be for Brodeen. And he's just more of a commodity that teams are going to want. And he's incredibly stable. And the thing with Dumba that even scares me more now is the unknown. Because I, I half expected him, probably not in 2019-20, Declan, but I half expected, or I half expect at some point he's going to get really hot and score goals again. And those guys are, as we've discussed several times before, so hard to find. So the unknown of Dumba makes me probably more afraid to trade him. I love what Brodeen brings, and ideally I wouldn't trade either one. But we've talked about... Um, the fact that Brodeen's going to hit the market. We've talked about the fact of the expansion draft and all those things. I'm with you. I think Brodeen's gone. I think he's gone. All right, I got another one for you. All right. And you're going to be surprised at my answer to this one. Does the season ending, likely, on a Sunday night against the Ducks, help Alex Galchenyuk's case to return or hurt? And let me start, because I'm going to surprise you with this one. I actually think now you, you can get him back for about $9. <laughs> No, I'm dead serious. I know, I know you are. I know you are. Um, previously, I said, I don't know if the fit works. And, and I do want to know more about his sort of mental state of where he thinks things are at. But he's going to have no value now. You know, if he had continued to play center, he was playing okay, right? I mean, you, you were a, a fan of, of how he was playing, and I think rightfully so. But now with the season coming to an, what appears to be abrupt end, Alex Galchenyuk playing pretty well for a time period, but it wasn't a lengthy, you know, it wasn't, he didn't get the playoff run and then possibly a first round series. I think you can get him back for about $6. I actually now am going to pivot a bit and say, I think you get him back for so cheap on on a one-year make good that I'd probably do it. And previously I said I wouldn't, but this whole thing has changed uh, the price of poker for guys like Galchenyuk. I can't see anybody offering him anything well as i alluded to you in, in previous pods in, in the past that i just th- i just thought that galchenyuk's value is not what he thinks it is what he thinks it is and if he were to hit the open market he's not going to get the deal that he magically thinks he can get in his head i thought the wild had the best chance to resign him because for the first time in that limited sample size what he's been here for a month before the season halted that he started to finally look a little comfortable for the first time since he left montreal and 
I think comfortability is so key for him that things were working here. Um, and that even if he took a one year deal and I don't, and I'm on the record, there's no such thing as a bad one year deal in any sport. Um, I still thought you were going to get him for a cheap, even on a multi-year deal. I thought, you know, two and a half million dollars. If, Al, if Galchenyuk wanted to do three years at, at three mil, even I would have been, okay, sign me up. I still would have done that. You're right. It, it, it's it's now at that point, and, and Galchenyuk and others who are probably in a similar boat as him, that their value is probably pretty low. And and now who's going to pay these peanuts. guys? I know. I mean, who's going to be out there? And, and keep in mind too, I don't think we know the answer to this question yet, Declan. This is going to have to redo the cap. It's a good point. Like they're losing revenue every single day, and it ain't coming back. And I, I believe, um, off the top of my head, it was expected to go up to I think to eighty three million dollars for next season. I believe is what the report was with the new CBA. So I don't like, know how can now do you? So like a twelve percent um, increase in yep. your ceiling, and now, but you're you're right. You, you might have to figure out a way. I don't know what the TV rights deal is, and that's the big reason why it's coming up. But it's, I think it's soon. It's coming up soon, but it's not going to be soon enough to impact this cap. And now, because the uh, amount of revenue shared between the players and the league is going to have to go way down, the players are essentially going to have to give back money. And the cap's not going up now. So guys like Galchenyuk, I think if they take themselves to market, I think they're going to sit. This is exactly why. So if I'm Garrett, I'm like, dude, I'll give you $12. Just take my $12. No, seriously. Mm -hmm. I'm being a smartass, but I'm not. Take my $12. Play for a, a year. This is uncharted territory. Play as well as you can. And if you can have a great year and things go back to as normal as possible, you'll get a three-year deal somewhere. Not to switch sports, but kind of with Anthony Harris getting a um, getting a franchise tag and not extend, not putting the compensation pick on him. I saw a good metaphor for this from a friend at, at PFF who comes on, on Score North. I'll give you $50 right now instead of your paycheck one year from now. Because I don't know what your paycheck is going to look like. I know that you have $50 in your hands that I'm looking at. Just give me the 50 bucks, and if I'm going to lose that, lose out on a bigger investment a yep. year from now, I don't care because I profited the 50 bucks right here and now. Right. And I think, thank God that I'm not an accountant, Judd, and I work in radio because money things go way over my head, and I'm sure there's a bunch of money people who heard me say that saying, what the hell are you talking about, Declan? That still doesn't make any sense. But to me, that's what it is. Um, the, the, I don't know what you're going to have to do to get the salary cap to go up magically. Players are not. I mean, it's I, not. I, it just can't. I don't know how players are going to give back their own money. Why? I, if someone came up to me today at Score North and said, "I need some of your money back," I would be no. You're well, not the, taking my money. The thing is that in sports leagues now, I think this is true in football as well and basketball as well. But in sports leagues now, the players have decided to tie themselves to the revenue generated for the owners and the league. Because you look at TV contracts, it's, it's, in most cases, a good deal. But again, I'll go back to the problem with hockey. Butts in suites and seats are essential. And those people aren't going to games because you're not playing games. Another question for you. Because I think this guy's future, immediate future, has also been changed. Ryan Donato, who I think, and by the way, I wouldn't have done this, but it doesn't matter what I would do. I believe there was a decent chance that they were going to observe him and then potentially move him. There's some lack of fascination with him, and obviously he was acquired by Fenton. Um, I like him, but I think that there was a chance where they just said he's a fourth-line guy, he doesn't do this, he doesn't do this, and he doesn't do this, and therefore we'll try and trade him. I think now he's bought himself. I think this has bought him time. My guess is if he was going to be moved, he won't now because that look 
at him needs to be extended, and I don't know that you could have gotten what you thought that you could in a normal offseason. Your thoughts? Yeah, I know Donato signed a deal this last summer as an RFA, so he, he'll still make $1.9 million next season, assuming the 2021 season um, happens on time. But, I, yeah, I, I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't think you'd trade him. Um, I if thought anything, he might be previously. Trade bait? Mm, yeah, that's a sweetener. Uh, yeah, I can see Not that. Now, now yeah, I, I think he's fine. I don't think he is any in any worse spot than he was a month ago, uh, weeks ago, before the uh, outbreak captured the NHL. I think he's still fine. Um, I think I know what your next question is probably going to be after you just asked about Donato. I'm guessing it's about Greenway. Um, no, but that's good, too. I, okay. I got one more, but throw the uh, throw the Jordan Greenway one up. So, I, I mean, I'm still, let, let's say again, the league uh, is able to end all, all the world and sports able to get past this, and we skip the Stanley Cup, and we go right into the July 1st offseason for the NHL. I'm still trading Jordan Greenway. I'm still absolutely stupid. I, I think you're I'm harder not, on him than I'm I on Koivu. I am not backing down from this. Okay, this might have just like this might have saved him more time because you you forgot about him and and you see the size and the box score and you think oh great this guy's going to be great just get out still get out that's where I'm at. I completely disagree with you. <laughs> All right, my last one for you. Okay, does the current events that we're in right now and how that's certainly going to alter the uh, strategy of the coming off season once that's declared going into 2021? Does it alter your thoughts on? what they can do, so can do, goaltending-wise. Mm. So I'm not saying, would, would you make a change? We both would. I know that. But does this alter your thought process on what we think they can do, goaltending-wise? Dubnik is still signed. Obviously not ideal, but he's still signed. Last year of his deal is next season. Staylock, I, I would keep for sure. I, I'm not suggesting that he be jettisoned. He shouldn't be. But we have talked about the fact that, to us, Going into next season, the two key positions of improvement are, without a shadow of a doubt, right? Center and goaltending. Do you think the goaltending equation gets changed? Mm, I don't think so. Um, regardless, I, I thought our plan for the Wild, uh, when we did our, our way to early expansion draft preview a couple episodes ago, was still pretty simple. Um, going into next year, you're still probably going to have Staylock and Dubnik. If you can find someone to... To take on Dubnik with that, I believe limited no movement clause. I'm not. I don't think it's a full. It's not. You're right. Um, if you can find someone to trade Dubnik with, and then you call up Capo, and then it's Kakinen and Staylock. Capo is still exempt from the expansion draft. You expose Staylock. He's still under contract into 2022. That's all gravy. Um, and with the Wild still uncertain on their long term future. You definitely don't bite the apple and give Sergei Bobrovsky a big deal like Florida did. That oh. was still premature. Hate it. Oh, um, don't, terrible. Don't do that. Basically, ride out this goaltending as you figure out the rest of your team. Goaltending is going to be the last piece of the puzzle. The problem is, Judd, is goaltending is probably the single most important position on the team if you're going to be a Stanley Cup team. That and center. So, yeah, I, I get no it, debate about it. But no, this does not alter how I view the goaltending plan. You ride Staylock if you're able to get Dubnik. Um, do another team so you can get Cock in an extended look. I'm for that. And that in itself is still very difficult to do with Devin's situation off the ice as well. So, no, my view of the goaltending has not changed. If and when we open the uh, 2021 season opening night, my goaltenders at that point in time are probably Cock in, Capo, Cock and Stalock. You? Yeah. I mean, that's what I'd like. 
I, I still, I, it's just going to be so hard to move Dubnik. I still think it'll be Staylock and Dubnik. I want Capo here on opening night as my number one guy. And that's a Staylock because he's a veteran and because yeah. he's been playing well. I want Capo starting opening night. I just think it's a tall task. All right, Judd's Hockey Show with Declan. Uh, we are done for now. I would like to say we'll be back for sure next week. We'll try and cobble something together. There, now, there might be news about plans and things that, that we could certainly talk about. It gets... More difficult by the week to talk about the Wild in particular because nothing's really going to change for quite some time. Well, let me just tease this because I know right. it's not public info, but I don't care. It's a podcast. You've listened to us. I appreciate it. And I want to reward our, listen- our, our listeners notes. here. We will be doing Minnesota Sports Rewinders, okay, on, yep. on Score North. There's already some that are available that we've done in the past. Yep. I can already guarantee you that, yes, you're probably wondering, yes, the 2002-03 Wild is going to be a focal point of that rewinder. It is coming. We'll recap that Western Conference Finals run. I won't spill too much more because Phil Mackey, an avid listener of the Judd's Hockey Show right now, is, uh, is, is, is I covered that by the throwing, way. You know, I bet I was there. I, I was have in fond memories. I was in Judd. Colorado when Bruno's Andrew Patrick Waugh's career. I was in Vancouver. Of course, I also went and saw the Duck series, which was one of the worst series oh, in yeah, hockey well, history. The pads were too big anyway. Exactly right. All right. Uh, that being said, we are done for now. Do your stuff, Dex. Pass shoot score. He knows you once ate an entire sheet cake. He knows your selfie life isn't your real life. He knows what goes down on the DMs. Shouldn't you know your dog better? Now you can learn his inner secrets with Embark, the highest-rated dog DNA test. Unlocking over 350 breeds and screening for over 215 genetic health risks. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA. That's DNA to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.